Well, well, today, today is a Sunday of celebration, of course. I, um, I survived one week as your senior pastor. <laughs> I didn't think you would go to this extent to celebrate it, but thank you, thank you. <laughs> to be honest, I was, the whole week I was reading bylaws and budgets, I didn't have time to read the Bible. So full disclosure, right? I was so bored out of my mind, I even came up with a trivia, okay? I have a trivia for you. Do you like trivia? Okay, so this is it. <laughs> what have bylaws, budgets, and enchiladas in common, okay? Bylaws, budgets, and enchiladas. What do they have in common? I'll give you the answer. All of them, not in the Bible. Okay, <laughs> not in the Bible. <laughs> enchiladas, maybe, but I'm sure the other two are not there. Just joking, I'm just playing with you. These are all important stuff, okay? Budgets is budget is important, bylaws are important. And sometimes it's okay to laugh at ourselves, right? That's a healthy thing to do, too, you know. So it was a very important week, and thank you for your graceful comments and uh, call-ins and prayers and texts and emails. And at some point, I will get back to that uh, for sure. Um, uh, would you stand with me for the reading of the word? Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13. Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. You may be seated. BC 165, a young man named Judas Maccabeus was marching a small army through the streets of Jerusalem. People thought he was the Messiah because at that time, Jerusalem was under the occupation of a notorious dynasty, Syrian occupiers, they are called Seleucids. And in the Seleucid dynasty, one of the most notorious was Antiochus Epiphanes IV. He was kind of the Hitler of that era. He killed the Jews, just like he killed many other people, but he captured Jerusalem and he defiled the temple of Jerusalem by erecting pagan idols. And just to spite the Jews, he sacrificed pigs on the holy altar. Now that's the worst you can do to a Jew. Now people needed a savior. Then Judas Maccabeus, who was the son of a priest named Matthias, 
And uh, a few of his brothers, they created a rebellion and it slowly gathered momentum. And eventually, they marched the street, BC 165. And as they were going to the temple to recapture the temple, people cheered them on both sides of the street. And they put their coats on the street. They put palm branches or branches on the street. And they cried out, Save us now, save us now, which can be roughly translated in Aramaic as Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna is not just a shout of celebration. It is also a cry for help. It is both praise and prayer at the same time. And save, Judas did. He went and he recaptured Jerusalem. He cleansed the temple and he rededicated the altar for the holy God. Now this is what the Jews celebrate today as Hanukkah. You know the Jewish festival Hanukkah. What I just told you is the story of Hanukkah. But this didn't last long. It's only lasted a very, very few years because the Seleucids came back with full might, recaptured the city, killed Judas and everyone with them, and the rebellion was uh, completely quenched. But it was a bloodbath. Then, 200 years later, here comes another Messiah. <laughs> His name is Jesus. Now, the temple is under Roman occupation, Romans were not that bad, but still there was a symbol of Roman Empire, an eagle is hanging over the Jerusalem temple. That's again an idol for a Jew. And here comes the Messiah who is going to save, and Jesus marching through the same street, Judas Maccabeus marched almost 200 years ago, and people cried out the same cry, save us now, save us now, Hosanna. Hosanna. Save, he did. <laughs> now this time, Jesus noted a different kind of defilement in the temple. See, it's one thing for the outsiders to corrupt the inner court, but this time the problem with the temple was the insiders corrupted the outer court. Now as you know, and I don't have to explain this, you have heard the stories every year during Palm Sunday, there were money changers, there were traders of animals, all were inside the temple, the outer court of the temple, making it more or less like a marketplace, and Jesus was furious. Now, to be honest with you, and I'm not justifying these traders or anything like that, but if I use a COVID term analogy, these people, the traders and the money changers, were essential workers at that time. I know Jesus was mad at them, but they were essential workers. Because at that time, at, during Passover, almost half a million Jews packed the Jerusalem streets from different parts of the world. And they all wanted to offer Passover sacrifices on the temple. They wanted to offer sacrifices in the temple. 
And it is practically impossible for these people to bring their bulls or rams or lambs or doves all from all around the world. It's not practically possible. So it was important to have these traders there to do this business. Again, the money changers the same way because there are different, uh, uh, they are coming from different parts of the world with different coinage. And every Jewish male have to, have to pay half a shekel, temple shekel, that's a different currency, as the, uh, as the temple tax. So they had to exchange whatever coinage they are bringing to the shekel of the temple. It's an essential service. And of course, they probably charged exorbitant uh, conversion rates like some of our banks do. And of course, there was corruption in all that things. And, you know, but still, having said all these things, they still had to be there. They still had to be there. Of course, they were not perfect, but they still were functioning as essential workers, as I mentioned before. Now, there are different theories of why Jesus drove them out. And as I said, some of this I already alluded to. But I, I think, and this is kind of my theory, and one of the things Jesus got mad was the place they were doing this trading was the outer court or called Gentiles court. As you probably know, the Jerusalem temple had three divisions, three courts, right? One deep inside is the Holy of Holies. And then you have the holy place where only the priest can enter. Then the outside is called the outer court or the courts of the Gentile. Technically speaking, nobody can enter the temple unless they are priests. Everybody else have to be in the outer court, technically speaking. So in the outer courts itself, there are three divisions. The closest area, the closest to the temple in the outer court are reserved for Jewish male men. Jewish men can come closer. Then the, then the next area is for Jewish female. Women can come to the next area. Then outside in the outer periphery of this outer court or the Gentiles court is where the Gentiles can come and worship the Lord of Israel. Now that is exactly where this trading was happening where at the outer court of the Gentiles, it's interesting that Jesus is driving them out. Jesus is not kind of saying that, done, take it out, we don't want it anymore. That's not what he is saying. Jesus knows it's an essential service. I think the problem with Jesus was the location in which this trading is happening. Not only the corruption that is happening, not only the other other intricate details that there is happening, but it is the location that there is this one place the, Jew, the, the non-Jewish people can come, uh, the outsiders can come and understand the Lord of Israel. It is the very place that you are making a robber's den. That place, that is the closest a non-Jew, a non-Christian in our context can come. And that place, you chose to do this trading and made it a robber's den. And then Jesus called this, you know, it's actually Isaiah 56, 7. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Now, actually, Matthew edited it. Luke gave us the full quote. If you have doubt, you can go back and read Isaiah chapter 56, 7. This is exactly what it says. This, 
My house is called the house of prayer for all nations. Matthew edited it because he's a Jew and he's writing for Jews. That was not a particular detail he wanted to put in there. But, the, but Jesus was furious because my house is called the house of prayer for all nations. It is not just for Jews. It is not for Jewish male or female. It is also for the Gentiles who don't know the covenant. But that's the place. That's where you are doing the trade. So here you are, the outsiders, like the Seleucids or the Romans or the Greeks, they corrupted the inside of the temple. They sacrificed pigs on the altar. That's one thing. But you, the insiders, you, the Sadducees, you, the priestly class, you corrupted outside. There, the only place for redemption of a known Israel. Now that is the challenge. The location is the challenge. You know, I'm not going to preach on this house of prayer because I have preached so many sermons on that house of prayer. I can easily recycle one of my sermons today so it's not difficult, but you have also heard many sermons on the house of prayer today. So this is what we are going to do. We are going to live the sermon. We are going to do an exercise, okay? Like I said, I didn't get time to read the Bible. So, <laughs> we, are, we, are going to, we are going to do this sermon together, okay? This is what we are going to do. In a minute, I'm going to invite Asbeth Bedekian, who is the chair of our prayer ministry. He's going to give you some instruction, okay? So, we are going to go outside the outer court of our temple. And I don't know, many people have come to this church and they come here, they sit here and they go back. This, this church is a huge uh, uh, maze in so many ways. Now, I'm not going to allow you to go to any inside places because we have our children's ministry happening, youth ministry happening. But the outside, we have separated into seven different zones, okay? I'm going to ask whoever is able. You don't have to do it, but if you can, and we will do the zones in a minute, and then go outside, I'll give you 10 minutes, okay? 10 minutes for you to say a prayer for our campus and for our church. And again, this is a prayer of preparation. We want to invite the Messiah into the temple. And we want to make sure that this is not a robber's den. We want to make sure that whatever barriers out there, which is preventing people from coming to this church, stepping into the campus has to be broken. And that can be done only through prayer. And only then it will become a house of prayer. Okay? So here are the prayer prompts. I hope it will be on the screen. Yes. This is what I want you to pray. Whether you're staying here, whether you are going out, and I recommend that if you can, please go out. Make sure that you carry the stuff you, with you. But make sure that you come back too, okay? I'm watching you. I know. I know. This is not a time to... I want all of you back, okay? Then we will close. That's the, and I'm going to make a very important announcement after. I'm holding on to that announcement so that I want you to come back just to hear that announcement. Then we will close in prayer. So I'll give you 10 minutes. This is the prayer... Prepare our campus, prepare our campus to welcome the outsiders. And prepare our minds to welcome uh, the generations. You know, that, that's a problem in our church. You know, our younger generation, and it's a mental block. 
I don't think it's a, it's a serious theological issue. It's a mental block about us, them, the history, the past, the future. It's a mental block. That's why I thought, prepare our minds. This is not just a prayer for outsiders. It's also a prayer for us. Our minds to welcome all generations into our church. And then prepare our hearts to welcome a new revival. You know, we, I, there is this rumbling of a revival I can hear all around in Pasadena. Now, this is not a revival in the sense that like, you know, people speaking in tongues and swinging in chandeliers, and that, that might happen too. I don't mind. I don't mind. But I'm talking about a different kind of revival where our hearts will be completely transformed and the Messiah will enter the house. And that is the real revival I'm going to look for. So, uh, I'm going to invite uh, Asbeth. Ask, yeah, give us some direction, Asbeth. Good morning, church family. It's really wonderful. As I was just sitting here and, and, and watching this unfold, it's really an emotional morning for me and many others. I know people 25, 30 years that have prayed for Lake Avenue to become a house of prayer. And it just... It's a powerful moment. It's a historical moment, church. And I thank you for engaging yourselves to become that house of worship. So I'll give you some instructions. As Pastor Matthew said, we will be in seven areas in the courtyard areas. And we will remain in the courtyard areas. We will not go into buildings because there are other children's ministries happening at the same time. I'm going to ask all the leaders to come up, please, with your signs. So we have seven sections. Each section has two team leaders. They will escort you to that uh, particular location, give you a quick instruction, and we'd like everyone to participate, everyone to pray. God hears all our prayers. We can just have an orchestra of prayer together. At a given time, they will ask you to come back, and please do come back, because we want to triumphantly close the service uh, this morning. So we're going to start with section one. Uh, to my left, to your right, that far section. Leaders are Lori and Henry. If you can start going up, they'll, each yeah. section will go to the left of their section. Yeah. Please follow the leaders from that section, that area. Each section is assigned a specific spot. Make sure that you stay in the specific spot. And also listen to this carefully. My cell phone, it says 1028. And I would really like you to be back by 1040. Okay, 1040, I, we are going to restart. That gives you two minutes for transportation. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, and so balcony, balcony, we have uh, Cassandra and uh, Gary. Yes. So if you can gather, we're going to exit from that far side down the stairs to the parking lot, please. Whoever is going, make sure you grab your belongings yes. just in case if you misplace or something. Okay. All right. Next one will be uh, right here, uh, Alan and Crystal. And they're going to the Hutchins Hall. So if you can join that section. Next one will be um, Martha and Norma, the far right-hand side. Norma has her sign. You will be right in front where the welcome area is by the stairs. So if you can follow Martha, please. Next one will be Lisa and Ruth. You can exit. They will be in the lower, uh, um, lower level where those umbrellas and the tables are. That way we don't create any bottleneck in the lobby. 
And if you get dispersed, that's perfectly fine. The idea is for us to be praying. Doesn't matter what zone, where you end up. Okay, we have a brother and sister team right here. Krista and Peter. They'll be in the information uh, section. The round building that we have. So if you can follow them. And I saved the last yeah. for Jan and Jeff. Uh, do take a few more minutes. They'll be in the coffee area. You know what? Maybe it's a better idea if you bring your team this way and go out that door. I think we won't create a bottleneck. So 1040, 1040, we will be back. And for those of you that are staying here, Lois Caston will lead the time in here. Maybe well, you want yes. to congregate more forward, and we'll have Lois... Uh, conduct the prayers in here. they make their way out to the outer courts and across our campus um, we too get to gather and pray now I'm not going to pray I'm going to ask you to pray so the first thing we're going to pray for is to welcome all nations into our church our doors are open and there are no barriers. We are asking everybody from all over everywhere to come and join us so that we can worship the Lord together. So will you pray for that? <laughs> 
please. You can pray out loud. Let's make it a concert of prayer. Just lift up your voice and pray. generations are welcome in this place of worship. This is God's house. This is God's place. We are God's people. So let us lift up our voices and ask the Lord to raise up people from all ages. We want the little tiny ones to come. We want the college to come, the high school. All of those across our San Gabriel Valley, maybe they've seen the cross. Said, I wonder what goes on there. They need to come and find this Jesus that we worship. They need him in their life to guide their life. Their life is young and they have much to learn. So let's invite all generations to be able to come into this house of worship. Thank you. Just because you're not here with us, don't think that you're not part of us. So we ask you to pray too, along with us. We thank you and praise the Lord that we can be here today, all of us together, whether you're online, whether you're here in person, 
whether you're out walking on the campus, whatever, we're just praising God that we are one in the Lord. And now we're going to pray for revival. Oh my, I need revival in my soul. Do you need revival in your soul? Let's pray. Revival for all of us. Just have the power of the Spirit to come within us and lead us and guide us and direct us. We need the life of the God we serve to live deep within us. So let's pray for revival to break out. All people, home, here, wherever, please lift up your voice and pray to the Lord. <laughs> 